We, at this point in time, our live stream is, is public for anybody to watch, and, um, but our recordings are not, and you have to request a login um, because there's thousands of messages on there, and we've seen what the news media, they basically have unlimited resources and time to comb through stuff and twist and craft whatever narrative they want. But on social media, you have no control over anybody who gets to see any of the recordings or what's out there. And so if you're going to build up that library of content, which is useful for members, especially newer members, it's also out there for any news organization or anybody sure. to go back and, and grab things and take them out of context and twist them. And uh, so there's that trade-off as well. Welcome to another edition of Maverick University Podcast. I'm your host, David Hallberg. Uh, joining me today is Brother Joel Swarga. Brother Swarga is the youth pastor of Northwest Bible Baptist Church, a longtime friend, and uh, just been through uh, high school together, been through college together, now work in the ministry together, and it's a pleasure to have him with us today. Thanks so much for joining us. So I want to talk to you today a little bit about uh, the dangers and the risk, or potential risks anyway, of churches putting their live stream on social media and using that to house uh, their social media um, and their church live stream. You deal with a lot of technology with our church. You do a lot of graphic design work, web design work, coding. You know, if it's you know technological in any way, you've got a hand in it usually. And so, can you tell me a little bit about? Why address this topic? I think it's important for the illustration to be made of a, a house being built on property. When you have any type of um, branding or content associated with, with your ministry or that's out there online and it's, and it's out there, it's going to be on some sort of property, mm -hmm. whether it be your property or, or another property. And the thing with social media, using that for all of your content, um, it's a good thing. It's available. It's out there. Um, but understand, it's not your property. <clears throat> and so you have, it'd be like having a house or a church building built on a different property, and you have to follow the rules of the person that owns the property. You sure. have to understand that at any time they could uh, change the rules. At any time they can take your house down and do whatever they want. They can destroy it. They could burn it. They could get rid of it because uh, that is what the rules are that are set up is that you don't own anything on that property. And so, um, in fact, we, you are the product. You're not paying for, for a product. You are the product that they're selling to their advertisers. So uh, dealing with social media and churches, it, you, there's, that's where people are. I mean, that's where people, they're on social media to be able to reach a community. It's good to have a presence there, but just don't put all your stock in that, that it's going to be around forever. Yeah, I mean, it would be foolish not to utilize social media for a ministry because that is a one avenue of influence that you can have. But what we're talking about is not just simply the live stream aspect of it, but some ministries are depending on that or may depend on it to archive all of their sermons. And if that is where everything's archived, understand you don't have an archive there. Facebook does, or Google does, or YouTube does, and it can be taken down at a moment's notice, and you can lose all of your content. I was reminded of this the other day. Uh, Google Photos uh, used to have this uh, you know, ability for you to upload as many photos as you want, unlimited, uh, as if, as long as you know, as a under a certain quality setting. They've just taken that away as of just a couple months ago, and now you start have to start paying. Uh, if you know your amount of stored photos and videos goes above, you know, 10 gigabytes or something like that, and then it re I realize that, wait, 
these are my photos. They're not mine. They're on somebody else's property. And just like that, I can lose all my videos, all my photos and my family, the things that I hold dear, near and dear. And we've got to find another way of actually storing this stuff. And so that's what you're talking about with church ministries. So obviously we talked, we've, the word cancel has become a household term these days and we see people get canceled. What are some things that, um, you know, what are some of these terms of service you're talking about? What are, what are the things that could be said or done that would cause that to go away? So any of these platforms, YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitter, they all have uh, policies in place where if you break those policies, then they put a strike on your account, for instance. Sure. And after three strikes, then they terminate completely. And we've seen this happen with uh, very prominent people, you know, um, you have President Trump had his Twitter Twitter account banned completely um, because they they say, well, you go against something that we we don't allow, and a lot of times it's worded in such a way where people think, oh, nobody you know nobody would say stuff like that anyways, right? Oh, they're banning hate speech. Well, we won't we don't say anything hateful, and so yeah, that should be banned, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, you but you look at the specifics of what they mean. Go to their policy pages and see the examples they give of what hate speech is. Look at their, they, the hate speech alone on YouTube, I think is four or five pages of rules and content and what's protected. Really? Wow. And, oh yeah. Uh, protected characteristics of, of these pe- type of people. And here's the examples of what you cannot say about any of these type of people or you will, you will be banned. So the ironic thing is as we post this on YouTube, uh, we're talking about the things and the dangers of it, but that's the world in which we live. That's the world in which you live. Because one of the dangers is if you are dependent on that property owned by somebody else, I'm going to do whatever it takes to stay on that property if I'm dependent on it. Yeah, and that may be okay for maybe a politician uh, who, who do change their message to meet you know, get more votes. Uh, that's what politicians do. They're trying to manipulate words to try and garner support. Uh, but that's the opposite of what a preacher is. A preacher's not a politician, right? And so you're cautioning, hey, a preacher might be tempted to craft his message so as not to be deplatformed. Uh, and you go down through history. You've got men constantly through history been imprisoned, beaten, martyred, for their faith and for their uncompromising preaching. And yet we're willing to compromise because we don't want to get kicked off of Facebook or YouTube or whatever it might be. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think of other, you talk, mentioned President Trump. I think of um, other you know, you know, people who've been censored. Uh, Prager University is another conservative uh, YouTube channel and they're being censored too. And they're not saying anything that's necessarily hateful. It's not hate speech, it's kind of mean speech more than anything else. And they just stop being mean to It's me. just truth. Yeah. Truth is being censored, and that's, that's not a conspiracy. It's just reality today. And uh, you look at those examples on hate speech policies, I mean, saying that uh, a particular group of people has, uh, has a mental illness that needs to be cured. That is one of the things that will get you banned. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the groups of people is people with gender dysphoria, people that think they're another gender than what they actually are. And so right there, you know, you can't preach against transgenderism. Um, sodomy is protected. Um, you can't say that stuff is wrong. You can't say it's wicked. Um, preaching on Sodom and Gomorrah, that'll ban you. So, you know, you say, well, I don't have a big following. It's just church people watching this, so, you know, they're not going to even, I'm going under the radar. But it just takes one person in the community or whatever to flag you. Anybody can report you for hate speech. Sure. And once that gets investigated, um, you're done. So, it, it, well, worst case scenario, you're off the platform. 
But my, my reasoning here is to understand that is a risk. Yeah. And not, you don't have to not use those, but understand that they can go away and don't, don't allow them to censor you or self, self-censor because you want to be able to stay on those because you have no other option. So obviously having all of that taken away from you is a obvious risk, but there's obviously some other problems as well with you know, maybe housing your live stream on a social media type platform. What are some other the other things that you think about? Uh, one thing that could be frustrating uh, for, uh, there's, there's members in our churches that don't want to be on social media. They, they had an account and they just got fed up with it, all the stuff they were seeing there. It was a distraction for them. It hindered them spiritually. They got rid of it and now their church is saying, you know, if you're homesick or, or for some reason you need to watch the live stream, we need you to go on to social media again. You got all the distractions that come up with that. Um, you know, a lot of times people have to make an account to be able to watch it. And so that is also a potential risk there is that you you're, have these harmful effects uh, for your viewers mm-hmm. just by being on there. And there's distractions and, and things that way as well. Not only that, but, uh, it, you know, these live streams are not just seen by your church members, but they're seen by other folks as well who may not be as sympathetic toward the gospel or the, our Bible truth. Can you talk a little bit about that? We... At this point in time, our live stream is is public for anybody to watch, and um, but our recordings are not, and you have to request a login, and we you know we give those out selectively if if we can figure out who this person is, you know, are they a church member, are they somebody that is maybe a a, a member in good standing at another church, um, because there's thousands of messages on there, and we've seen what the news media, they basically have unlimited resources and time to comb through stuff and twist and craft whatever narrative they want. Sure. And it's kind of like giving your enemy ammo when you just give them all the recordings of everything you've said over the last 15, 20 years and say, you know what, well, and, and it stinks because we want people who are looking for the truth and for the gospel, we want them to see that. We want them to have sure. that. Uh, and so there's kind of a, 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 a hard rock and a hard place there. But on social media, you have no control over anybody who gets to see any of the recordings or what's out there. And so if you're going to build up that library of content, which is useful for members, especially newer members, it's also out there for any news organization or a disgruntled or anybody to go back and and grab things and take them out of context and twist them. And uh, so there's that trade-off as well. So, you know, your recommendation is, although live stream is live and it's open and it's public, if you have your archived sermons... Uh, in a place that's password protected for your church members, that might be an advantage for you to avoid people. You know, it's extemporaneous preaching that we do in our churches, and we don't write our sermons out word for word, and it's not crafted that way. And sometimes you say something that could be taken the wrong way, and people might twist your words, like you're saying, and use it against you. Um, and not only that, because they may not even only just take your, your content that's archived and twist your words, but then obviously they're going to post it somewhere. And, you know, we live in a world of reviews and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, that issue of reviews and Yelp and Google? Online reviews. Those, that's how we, that's how we live by nowadays, right? Sure. I mean, if something has good reviews, we buy it, we go there. If it doesn't have good reviews, we discount it. You know, there's no way all these other people could be wrong. And so I remember before we had a social media account for our church, um, we had, there was a page. Facebook created a page for Northwest Bible Baptist Church oh, really? for us. Oh, okay. They were just, they were creating pages. Google, the same thing. They create pages for places of business, and you can claim that page, 
But sure. if you don't, then it's sitting there and people leave reviews or comments or things and you have no control over it. You have no control over what pictures are posted with it. Mm -hmm. And so we claim that and you, so it's pretty much no option to not have it or it's going to be there whether you, you claim it or not. And then, uh, and then they started doing things where you, you can't, you can't uh, hide reviews. You can't turn off reviews on some of these uh, platforms. Um, and so those reviews will always be there. And the thing with, with sometimes with churches, people will leave reviews that have never even been to your church. Mm -hmm. In some cases, they never even talked to anybody who has been to your church. But they get mad at something, and they're mad about God to begin with. And we've had you know, people from across the country that have never been to our church, know nothing about our church, leaving reviews just because they know a guest preacher that has come to our church before and they're mad at him and so they come here and start trashing our reviews on our college and on our church and our camp and it's all fake stuff sure and you can report some of it but i mean those reviews are there and people see that and they're looking in your ch for church in the community and you know that's the first thing they're going to see is your reviews so what you can do to offset those reviews is encourage your church members who actually do go to the church mm -hmm. who do know the church to leave honest reviews from their experiences, and usually those are the people that don't leave reviews are the ones that are happy with it and excited about sure. it. Yeah. And so if we have people come uh, in the community and, and they see you know, all these church member reviews and then they see a few reviews left by people that are complaining about something, uh, you know, a slow winter come in their door, that happens a lot. Um, they are able to, to make a judgment. In fact, we had a lady come a few weeks ago to church that she's from China, She's been in the States for a while. She was an atheist and started learning about God and, and creationism and starting to realize this is true. And she's looking for a church in her area, and, and she found our reviews, and there's people even one-star reviews saying, this church won't let people wear masks, you know, which isn't true. People yeah. can wear masks if they want, just most people don't. And she sees those reviews and she's thinking, oh, man, this, this church lets you make your own decision about what you're going to do, put on your face. And so she's like, I'm going to that church because of the one-star reviews. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, she came. Yeah. And so that, that worked in our favor. But, uh, yeah, you're at, the, you're at the whim of, of you know, whatever person in the, in the community wants to make a comment. It's there. You can't take it off or change it. So tell your church members, you know, hey, go by and leave some feedback and then offset that. Okay, so let's talk about a solution to the problem, right? Uh, we've talked about and cautioned people, hey, there's a, there's a potential danger here of housing all of your archive sermons on somebody else's property it can be taken away at a moment's notice. Obviously, the, uh, the terms of service, you know, we're constantly in violation of. If you're preaching the Bible, it's going to address some of these issues that are considered hate speech, uh, according to Google, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. So what is the solution? What can a church do to make sure that if they're taken off Facebook, it doesn't matter. We at least still have our content. So put it on property that you own, to use mm -hmm. our metaphor. And so what property do you own? And most churches will have a website. They have a, a domain name that they, that they own, ProvidenceBaptistCollege.com, you mm -hmm. know, NWBBC.com. And so whatever properties they put under there. Now, you might not own the servers and the hard drives and all that, and, and that's geeking out, but... Uh, at least you own the domain name sure. and you, you have some say of what goes on there. And so if you put your live stream, embed it into your website and point people to your website as much as possible, at least they can get there and you don't have to worry about it being taken down at a moment's notice. Um, most, most companies that host websites, they, 
you know, they don't have a reporting feature for somebody who doesn't like the website to say, can you please take down this website? You know, sure. uh, we see how I- examples of how that, you know, that's happened before where websites do get taken down, but it's a lot less likely than uh, social media. Yeah, social media seems more quick and swift to just make indiscriminate decisions without even contacting somebody who might be in supposed violation. They just cancel your account and they never actually tell you until you know you notice and then you have that conversation. So having your own website, that's good. Then obviously you've got to have a little bit of your own equipment. We, that's, that's conversation for another day. But is there some kind of a service that allows you to take whatever video stream you've got and actually get it onto your website? Is it a paid subscription or what yeah, do you have I to don't, do? Uh, I don't know of any free ones because that's a, that's a lot of cost involved for a company to to provide a live stream. Obviously, the social media companies do it for free because they're getting something out of it. They're getting advertising money out of it, and you are the product, you know. Mm-hmm. But we use ChristianWorldMedia.com. Um, they, they provide live streaming at a reasonable cost. Um, they have different plans depending on how many listeners. They do have an archive feature there. We don't use their archive feature, uh, but we do use their live stream. And so I just embed that on our website. They give you the code that you can put that on your website no matter you know, who makes your website. You just pass that code to them. They can stick it on there, and people can come to your site to watch your live stream. Um, and so Church Christian World Media is is a company that doesn't have – the same p- terms of use and policy that YouTube and Facebook would have. So, sure. um, plus, you're not supporting one of these, you know, one of these social media companies um, that, you know, in, in my in my opinion, uh, they hate everything about the Bible. They hate Jesus Christ. They hate Christians, and uh, it's evident in, in, in their actions. So, um, there's other companies out there that you could also, but that's what that's who we use. And then we use um, Vimeo for archiving our sermons at this moment but we embed okay. everything on our website again um vimeo is you know is not too far off from youtube now you do pay for vimeo so you're not the product but they you know they still have content policies and things like that we might move off of them at some point but i keep all of our content on our on our computers at the church as well okay and so if, if vimeo went away tomorrow we still have everything we can upload to another service and embed it all on our website, and we wouldn't have to point people to go to different places. They can still get it from our website. It would just be hosted on a different company. Okay, so there's a way around it, and you just gotta, if you don't have anything like that, you're just gonna have to contact somebody and you know who has a little bit of know-how to build a website, embed some of these you know live feed videos like you're talking about. So you may have your own content on your own property, but still can't somebody take that and misuse it in some way what can you do to protect yourself yeah even if you have uh even if you have it locked down with logins and things like that you know people could get it in there that uh have nefarious reasons um so you you see a clip that is uh posted somewhere on an account a social media account that's criticizing uh independent fundamental baptist preachers for instance Mm -hmm. and uh you didn't give them permission for that well if you have a copyright uh notice on your live stream page then you can have what you need legally to have that taken down and removed from other platforms that you have not given permission. What would that sound like on a website? Um, I, have, I have ours here on our website. We have, uh, by continuing to the live stream, you acknowledge that all video and audio streams on this website are the copyright of Northwest Bible Baptist Church and may not be recorded or distributed without express written permission. So by having that notice there on the site, very small letters you know, at the bottom, but uh, if our content shows up anywhere, I, could, I can report that, you know, just like they can report you for hate speech. I can report that for copyright infringement. 
and supply a screenshot of our copyright that we have on our website. And we've seen that get taken down really? so, before. So, yeah, it works. Okay. And the same thing, obviously, goes with the archive sermons as well. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, I think we've given a little overview of this you know, potential risk, and hopefully some churches can take this to heart and maybe change some of the way they do things. If they're hosting everything and all their eggs are in one basket, that basket can certainly go away in a hurry. So. Yeah, and I would just start little at a time. You know, just understanding, first of all, there is a risk in that, you know, we ought to work to getting as much as possible off of de- dependent on, on companies that are uh, apt to take it down. And just a little at a time, work on building that out. Just like having your own property, your own building. It takes time to build your own stuff versus sure. renting. But in the end, in the long term, it's going to be a lot more secure. Thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. So if you want to catch any of our other conversations with some full-time Christian workers, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe as well. And check out our only uh, audio-only po- podcast platforms as well. Thanks so much for joining. <music>